Greetings and good day. It is so good to be back with you to share a word of God with you. I pray that I found you in good spirits and things are going well in your life. But no, if it's not, God hasn't forgotten about you and he's still in control of everything that goes on. So trust him. He has you. Amen. A few weeks ago, we did a teaching called the giant killing faith of David. And it spoke of the giants that are in people's lives today. The giant of feeling worthless and useless, shameful, unimportant, deficient, incompetent, hopeless, broken, and the list goes on and on. And what we discovered from that teaching was this. There are many unsaved and saved people alike that are walking around feeling many of these emotions. So today, if you don't mind, I want to speak to you from the thought of God loves to use broken things to heal other broken things. The year of the Lord's favor, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. And our main scripture reads as follows. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide to those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. Additional scriptures can be found for this message in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, and Luke 4, 18, 19, and 21. In our main scripture in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, if we look at Luke 4, 18 through 19, we see Jesus quoting these same words to the people in the synagogue. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Luke 4, 18 through 19. And scripture goes on to say, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened to him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That's Luke 4, 20 through 21. And I know some may say, Why did I bring this up? I'm glad you asked. Because if you and me are made in his image, supposed to be imitators of Christ, called, appointed, selected, elected, and anointed to do the work of God in the name of Jesus via the Holy Spirit residing in us. So God can work through us. Therefore, we have been assigned, anointed, and appointed to do all these things that we read in the scripture, knowing that we have all the necessary tools and power to get all these things done, afforded us by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit residing within us. So as we read our main scripture, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, understand God is talking to you. Let me say it again. God is talking to you. He has given you the power. He has given you the anointing to proclaim the good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for prisoners, to recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
we are God's ambassadors. We are imitators of Jesus. So if he gave us the Holy Spirit to work in us so he could work through us, this pertains to us. When we read the passage, the word me appears several times. It does not say you, does not say him. It does not say them. It says me. So understand when you read the passage for yourself, God is speaking to you. So let me break it down like this. God has anointed me. God has asked me to proclaim the good news to the poor. God has asked me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. God has asked me to see to the brokenhearted. God has asked me to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve. Do you understand God is speaking to you? That is why the word me shows up several times, emphasizing that God is talking to me. The me in the text, meaning the very one who is reading the text. And I know many hearing this will say not me, but I say, yes, you understand you have been called to be God's servant, his child, his vessel, his son and his daughter. And it doesn't matter where you come from, who you were, what you've been, what you've been through, where you are, how you feel, or how broken you may be or may have been. God is still talking to you. So don't you try to talk yourself out of it or don't allow the devil to talk you out of what this passage says to you and about you. So if no one else will tell you, I'm here to tell you, God has called, appointed and anointed you to do all the things that he wants you to do, despite and regardless of your broken state now or if you've been broken before. He still is talking to you in the text. We see that God has anointed sent, bestowed, and called you and me, regardless of our past, our shortcomings, our imperfections, our unworthiness, or your broken state, as I'm speaking to you right now. But understand, none of us are worthy. All of us have been broken, and some of us have felt useless at times. I'm not speaking of you, but of me. I would have never thought I would be one of his chosen to be in the position to teach his word, Bring hope to the hopeless, life to the dying, light to the darkness, and healing to the broken. And many of you, if you're honest with yourself, you feel the same way. When you look into the mirror, and I can see many saying, he chose me. Just think of what the disciples were saying when Jesus chose them when they looked in the mirror. He chose me? So I say, allow me to answer the question for you. When you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, God chose me? The answer is yes, he chose you. So if you're listening to this right now and you have not started to work with God because you feel like you're broken and he cannot use you. God sent me today to tell you that he has chosen you. You are his choice. He wants to use you. I ask you to ponder this thought. Think about the people that Jesus chose to be on his ministerial team. They were 12 ordinary men who had some issues and problems of their own and they would manifest themselves at the moment, Jesus needed them the most. And even with that being said, and Jesus understanding what they would do. Remember, God knows the end before the beginning. He still chose them as the people to walk with him. So if we look at the 12 men from an outside perspective or a human perspective, we can see that it didn't matter where people came from, what they had done, who they used to be. But what was important to Jesus is what they would allow him to make of them. And if we dive a little deeper, just think about the people God chose and used to do great things 
for him that we read about today. If you don't mind, let me go through a list of some of the misfits or the poor, the less fortunate, the lost, the lonely, the outcast, and the broken that God used. But I want you to remember this scripture or keep this scripture in mind while we're speaking of them. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you had influence. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 30. With that scripture, what that says to me is broken, outcast. Because in the scripture, he asked, think of who and what you were when you were called. So if you don't mind, I want to take you through a list of God's called soldiers. Abraham was old and Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced and Noah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer and Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Jesus three times. Martha worried about everything and Zacchaeus was small and money hungry. Judas was a betrayer and Thomas a doubter. The disciples fell asleep while Jesus was praying and Paul, a Pharisee who persecuted Christians, before becoming one. And we can all add our names to this list, as well as our shortcomings, our troubles, and our brokenness, and would fit right in with God's aforementioned broken soldiers. But despite all that, God used these people to do great things, as he wants to do the same today with you and me. And please, if you don't mind, let me emphasize this point. Do you understand if you've been brushed aside, kicked to the curb, counted out, pushed down, talked about, and talk down to, spoken to as one who isn't good enough for society or judged by the so-called righteous ones. In essence, you've been or are broken. Can I tell you a little secret? You are the perfect soldier, servant, vessel for God to use. What others see as an outcast, a black sheep, or a broken mess. In God's eyes, and understand those are the only eyes that matter, you are imperfectly perfect for his usage. He sees your potential as a strong tower of power in need of God's empowering in your broken state. Because in man's eyes, the broken are looked upon as being weak. But understand, because God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not like man's ways, Isaiah 55. And aren't you glad it's not? Because what man sees as weak, God sees as strong, useful, equipped, battle-tested, oak trees, mantle carriers, and comforters. Understand, Scripture says, when you're weak, I'm strong. The weakness of your humanity brings forth the strength of God in your spirituality. And know each of you in Christ, once broken, are made strong. Just as the disciples were made strong, although coming from no place of strength. In our society today, we see every day weak people trying to portray strength by attacking other people. Understand that's a telltale sign of weakness and insecurity. And in all the attacks, it's an effort to hide a hidden brokenness, the brokenness of spirit. But in the text, God says he uses the lowly 
and what others perceive to be weak to shame the powerful and the strong. Understand the people he used then and he still uses it now are the ones others wouldn't use. Please ponder that thought for a moment. God uses the broken. And while you're pondering that thought, I'm going to stop right here and we'll continue the message God loves to use broken things the next time we speak. So until then, be blessed.